Well, good morning, everybody. Y'all doing good today? All right. Hey, do me a favor and give those that are watching us right now live online a round of applause and welcome them into our experience today. So thankful for the uh, gift of technology and the impact it has on so many people's lives. And uh, we just want to say we're thankful for all of you that are physically here today, looking forward to what God wants to do in and through our hearts as we continue with this theme in this series uh, called Marriage Makeover. Um, how many of you, just curious, had the opportunity to take part in our marriage weekend, our, our conference last Sunday there at Drive Shack? It was an awesome time, and we're going to be doing it again next year. In fact, we've already been talking and debriefing and uh, listening to some of the feedback that's been shared, and a lot of people were uh, pretty consistent with the, um, really with the feedback of saying, we want more of it, and so we're considering doing it over the course of two days next year, a Friday and a Saturday opportunity. And so anyway, looking forward to what God has in store as we continue to encourage and, and really equip our families and specifically our marriage, to, marriages to be all that God desires for them to be. And let me just encourage you, one of the best ways to do that is through our life groups. And so it's not too late to connect with a group. I encourage you to go out today in the lobby, maybe check out some of the groups are, or more, uh, maybe just something that's more convenient for you. Can you go on our app? You can also go online and just look at the listing of groups and find a group. And um, Michelle and I, we started a group and we're doing uh, the weekend message points. So we actually will discuss the weekend message points with the couples that we're doing uh, a group with. And so it's just a great way to connect with people, grow together, encourage one another and support one another as we do life together. Well, we're in this series called Marriage Makeover. Shannon O'Dell did a phenomenal job. No way in the world I can say what he said and do what he did by any means, but he laid a great foundation for us to build upon, and that's exactly what we're gonna be doing today and next weekend as we conclude our series called Marriage Makeover. What I want to do for the next few moments is really just share with you um, what I consider to be the number one secret to really what, having what I consider to be a, a thriving, um, intimate, and strong marriage relationship. And I just want to say that if you're single, you couldn't have picked a better weekend, Sunday, to be in church because now is the time for you to be thinking about and planning toward really looking for the right things when it comes to a potential relationship, a potential mate, somebody that maybe you're considering spending the rest of your life with. If you're married, I think this is extremely important to you because chances are you're going to really identify with some of the things that I'm going to share with you. But here's the thing. When you have this number one important ingredient in your marriage relationship, uh, you're going to feel as though your marriage is the safest place in all of the world. And that's the goal, right? It's, it's to have that kind of safety and security in our marriage. But at the same time, without this important area, then we're going to be, unfortunately, dealing with a lot of fear. In other words, our relationship will be undermined with fear and a sense of insecurity. So what is the number one what is the number one thing that I believe, and especially when it comes to marriages that I've worked with over 27 years of working with couples and families, and then also so many great um, marriage experts would underscore this fact, and it's simply this. The number one secret to having a thriving, healthy, vibrant, intimate relationship, you ready for this? It's emotional security. That's it. It is emotional security. 
It's been said that marriage isn't every, marriage isn't an important thing, it's everything. It truly is. And we can't take the marriage relationship for granted, and that's the reason why it's so vitally important that we have emotional security to serve as the single most important foundation in our relationship. And Jesus talked about this important foundation in our lives, especially when it comes to building our lives on the life-changing truth of his word. In fact, Jesus gave a sermon in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 called the Sermon on the Mount. And as he's talking about a lot of different things in life, specifically a lot of things that would even be perceived as controversial, one of the things that Jesus helped his listeners to understand on that day was this. Listen, life change doesn't happen from the outside. It happens from the inside. If you want your life to be changed and transformed, it's an inside job. There's nothing you can do externally to bring about change. It truly is a transformation of the heart. And so Jesus, on this particular day, wrapped up his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, looking at verses 24 through 27 with these words. He said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine... And then puts them into practice. In other words, you don't just give lip service. You're not just reading a book and say, oh yeah, we read that book. Oh yeah, we watched that video. Oh yeah, we attended that conference. Oh yeah, we watched that TV show. No, no, no. It's when you put these things into practice. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. But it did not fall. Why? Because it was... It had its foundation on the rock, the transformational truth of God's word. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great, say it out loud, crash. It fell with a great crash. My wife Michelle and I, Many years ago, I had the opportunity to build a home in Texas, and uh, it was the last house we lived in before we moved to Florida. And I'll never forget the, the soil there in Texas, especially in North Texas, is so different from what we have here in Florida. And uh, so, you know, the guys took literally a couple of weeks uh, when it came to just uh, putting all the infrastructure in terms of the foundation uh, into the ground because the ground was so hard. It's like this hard clay. And so, you know, they had to drill to do all the plumbing and everything. And then, they, of course, they set the, the forms, and then they poured the concrete. And I'll never forget when, we, um, when the concrete uh, cured, when it dried, we went back out to uh, this house. And my wife, Michelle, and I, we walked on that freshly poured concrete slab with our builder. And we noticed that on this slab were a lot of little cracks, like hairline cracks, but I specifically noticed this one large crack. I mean, it was like a gaping crack in the concrete that literally went from where the living room was supposed to be all the way out to the back porch. And I'm thinking to myself, something is not right. So I identified the crack and pointed it out to my builder. And I said, look at this crack. What's the problem here? And he said, oh, he said, that's very common. I said, well, no, this is, like a, this is like a ditch. I mean, this is, like a, this is a big crack here. He said, oh, he said, trust me. He said, when, 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 when 
freshly poured concrete settles, he said normally with the shifting and the settling, you get what is referred to as stress cracks. I said, that's, that's like a, the Grand Canyon here. I said, this, this is not right. He said, no, no, he said, it's very, 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 very common. And I thought to myself, wow, that's, that's just, it seems odd to me that you would have these cracks in the foundation. It was almost as though something was not right. And yet in the marriage relationship, we have the same type of cracks that over time begin to emerge. And they're really referred to as stress cracks because those, stress, just those same type of stress cracks can, can have a negative effect on the relationship if they're ignored or if we don't do something about them. And so what I want to do for a few moments is talk to you about laying a strong, healthy foundation that is free from the stress cracks of life, especially as it relates to the marriage relationship. In fact, I have a picture. Go ahead and show the picture up here on the, uh, on the screens of a little diagram of a little house. And basically, and we're going to be unpacking this over the next, um, not only today, but also next weekend as we conclude. But notice you have with a structure, you have a foundation, which is security, the emotional security. That is, without question, the number one ingredient when it comes to having a strong, healthy foundation. But notice that foundation is supported by three specific pillars. And we're going to unpack those three specific pillars today. But before we do that, let me just say this. You know, it's interesting when you think about you know, a home being built, or even when you think about like these large high-rise condos. Like if you go down to Miami, I've always been fascinated by these massive structures, you know, that, that are literally right there on the ocean. But what's interesting is that they will take often weeks upon weeks, even months, just drilling down, just setting the piers, just putting the pillars that help support the foundation which ultimately holds the actual tower, if you will, of this massive building. But what's interesting is that when you go into these buildings and you walk into the, 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 you know, the, the lobby area, or more specifically, you go into the rooms, you're in awe of the beauty. You're in awe of you know, the amazing architecture and the decor and all of these things. You don't walk in and say, man, what an amazing foundation this place has. But yet at the same time, the foundation is the key to the overall effectiveness of the tower. And it's the same is true when it comes to the marriage relationship. Because here's what happens. The stress cracks of life will eventually come and affect a marriage. For example, there are four common stress cracks. The first is this. It's what I refer to as, or excuse me, as unexpected differences. In other words, we're just different from one, one another. You know, you've heard, how many of you have ever heard, ever heard the statement, you know, opposites attract? It's true. I don't know why. It's just we just seem to kind of gravitate to one another. I think one of the main reasons for that is simply because, you know, the opposite of who we are is often found in a person who helps complete our insufficiencies, who helps kind of complete our weaknesses. Or, you know, somebody else is strong where we're weak. And so a lot of times you'll find a real outgoing personality who's the life of the party. A lot of times they're attracted to someone who's a little bit more on the shy or reserved or quiet side. That's their temperament. And the reason why is because they kind of balance out the one who's over here. And so it's, God has a plan. Sometimes he has a sense of humor when he puts certain people together. 
But at the end of the day, those unexpected differences can create over time major stress cracks in the relationship. Another one is unfulfilled expectations. It's always interesting to me how we put certain expectations upon, you know, our spouse or upon a person to meet certain needs. But unfortunately, over the course of time, if they fail to meet those expectations, it causes major problems. And th another thing that causes stress, uh, stress cracks are unmet needs. These are the emotional needs, whether it's the need for attention, the need for affection, maybe the need for security, the need for encouragement, affirmation, whatever the need might be, the need for support. Whatever the need might be, if those needs are neglected or go unmet or even ignored over the course of time, it creates, creates major problems. And of course, the last one was a huge one, and that is unforgiven mistakes. So when we carry with us certain hurts and, 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 and we, maybe we've encountered betrayal and disappointment you know, because of failed expectations, whatever the situation or circumstances might be, the problem is, is that over time, these can erode the foundation of our relationship. And so my question to you is this. Of these four areas, what is it that perhaps is affecting you the most? Think about your current relationship. If you're married, think about your current relationship. If you are single, maybe you're in a relationship with someone that maybe is growing more serious, and you're thinking to yourself, could he, could she potentially be the one? Well, these are some major things that you need to be thinking about when it comes to the differences and the expectations and the needs and potential mistakes that we will all make in our lives. But here's the thing that I want you to understand. We all need, at some point in time, a marriage makeover. If you've been married for any length of time, Michelle and I, we've been married for over 27 years. And trust me, there have been many, many times when we needed to go hang out with Chip and Joanna Gaines, you know, the fixer-upper couple. You know, say, so, hey, fix us up here. <laughs> we need a miracle. We need a makeover. Sometimes it's that extreme home makeover, an extreme marriage makeover that some of us need. But at the end of the day, there are a lot of couples who unfortunately don't do anything about strengthening the foundation of their marriage. And as a result, consequently, a lot of the stress cracks begin to creep in and make their way known, which causes problems, hurt, disappointment, anger, resentment, betrayal. You know, I've learned, I've learned that most couples just don't wake up one day and say, hey, it's Friday, Friday, hey, let's, let's, just, let's just go our separate ways. No. No young couple who walks down the wedding aisle and gets married goes in with the attitude of saying, we're going to give this thing about 24, 36 months and see how it works out. No. We go in with the attitude and the mindset, we are going to live happily ever what? After. Man, we're going the distance. But here's what happens. What happens is there's a progression that begins to take place. And this is the process that creates the stress cracks. It begins with the romance. Remember the romance? The romance was the things that often happened before the marriage. You know, by the way, last week was Valentine's. So, you know, we're all about, you know, going to, you know, we're making that last minute dash, you know, to, you know, CVS to get the Valentine's card. Have you ever noticed how every Valentine's card, they always start out the same? I know I don't tell you this enough. I know, I know it's been a long time since. It's like, well, duh. 
So we're trying to make it up for the box of chocolates and the, you know, we're, you know, the guys, you know, we get on. I love what Shannon Odell talked about last week, you know, say hi to Gene. You're talking about hygiene, you know, we're, we're shaving the, you know, the ear, the, the ear hairs out, you know, and we're getting all, you know, spiffed up and cleaned up and smelling good, looking good. Rico Suave, we take them out, you know, we wine and we dine. But here's the thing, ladies, you know this will be true because Michelle reminds me of this all the time. Hey, what you did to get her is what you got to do to what? Keep her. So we all start out in the romance phase, but after the romance phase, then it hits what's referred to as reality. And the reality is that, oh my gosh, she is different than me, or he is different than me. Oh my goodness, those expectations that I thought he was going to meet, or the, I thought that he was going to, to actually do more of, well, all of a sudden, those, those false expectations, those unrealistic expectations begin to settle in, and then we begin to realize, yeah, they are different from me. They think different than me. They, they're, they, they, they are, they're, they're doing what you know, their mom did or what their dad did. And all of a sudden, the reality hits that, oh my goodness, we are, we're different. We see things different. We have a different perspective. It could be priorities. It could be, you know, you know personality or whatever it might be. But the reality is we are different and those differences are creating some combustion. But we don't necessarily do much about it. We just accept the accepted and we keep moving on because life happens. And so we get married, we got kids, and now we got jobs, and we have all these responsibilities. And the day after day, year after year, and then finally we end up in a rut. And we're just kind of hydroplaning through life. We're coexisting. Yeah, we're married, but we don't have much intimacy. We don't have much communication. There's not a real sense of safety and security in the relationship because when we tried to go there in the past, it was met with ridicule, criticism, condemnation, blame. So I don't go there anymore. We just kind of pretend as though everything's okay, but we're in this rut and we don't know how to get out. Which leads to the next phase, which is regret. And we're thinking to ourselves, how did I end up in this situation? He's different than what he used to be. She's different than what she used to be. He's not the same man. She's not the same woman. And then we've said things and we've done things that we wish we wouldn't have said and done. And we live with this regret. And we're thinking to ourselves, we're getting preoccupied because now we're thinking to ourselves, you know, it would be easier if I didn't have to deal with all this. It would be easier if I didn't have to carry the weight of responsibility that I carry. It'd be easier and better if I went to the other side of the fence because it's greener over there in that pasture. And so we begin to look for a way out, which I refer to as resignation. So what started out as a ideal, the romance, ends up into an ordeal. And then we start looking for what? A new deal. You know, unfortunately, these stress cracks make their way into the foundation of our relationships. And they can't be ignored. We have to do something about it. That's where the makeover comes in. It's the transformation that God wants to bring about in our lives and specifically in our marriages and homes. So how do we do that? What are the three pillars? Let's break them down. Number one is the, what I call the pillar of beliefs. In Proverbs chapter 4 Verse 23, it says these words, Above all else, guard your heart. Why? For everything you do flows from it. It's so important that we understand that the beliefs that we hold in our heart toward our spouse, if you're married, listen, 
Even the beliefs that you have towards, maybe a special someone in your life if you're single, listen, the beliefs that you have already formed in your heart toward your spouse is either the belief, which is the lie, of he or she is going to meet my needs, he or she is going to make me happy, he or she is going to live up to all of my expectations. And the moment we put that kind of expectation upon the person of the opposite sex, the moment we begin to put that kind of expectancy on our spouse, guess what? You're going to be greatly disappointed. But here's the problem. The problem is, is that once we form those beliefs, then those beliefs begin to affect the way we think toward our spouse. So now all of a sudden, if we have wrong beliefs, it provokes wrong thoughts toward our spouse. So the mind, listen to this, justifies what the heart believes. So if we have wrong beliefs and we have wrong thinking towards our spouse, then every time they fall short, every time they make a mistake, every time one of their little quirks that drives us crazy begins to emerge, what do we do? We point out the flaws. We make accusations. What do we do? We criticize. We condemn. So as a result, we're looking for evidence to justify what we have already chosen to believe about our spouse. So as a result, the negative thoughts goes towards negative emotions, which ends up with negative actions and, and things that we say and things that we do toward one another. Why? All because we have adopted a false or wrong belief that he or she is to make me happy. Can I just speak the truth in love? Happiness is a choice. You and I both are responsible for our own spirit. We're responsible for our own attitude. We're responsible for our own joy. You say, but yeah, you don't understand. He's this way or she's that way. No, 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 no. I get it. I get it. Listen, when you put two imperfect people together, guess what? Boom. It just happens. It just happens. That's why it's unfair to put those kinds of expectations upon someone to meet all of our needs, to fulfill all of our expectations, to, you know, to, to, to live up to something that's just not realistic. At the end of the day, only God can meet our needs. We should never put our security in someone else. Our security should always be in our identity in terms of who we are in Christ Jesus. And so when our security and our dependency and our trust, the foundation of our beliefs, the foundation of our lives is built on Christ, guess what? Now I have the right kind of belief toward my spouse, even though they're not perfect, even though they fall short, even though they may miss out on meeting certain needs. Guess what? We may have different personalities. We may even see things from a different perspective. But you know what? I've chosen to put my trust in God and look to him to be my primary provider for my needs, not them. And when we go in with that kind of mindset... Here's what happens. What happens is, is that God begins to change the way that we think. Now listen, the Bible says that we are to be transformed. And how 
are we to be transformed? Romans 12, 2 says, by the renewing of our minds. So we have to change the way we think as it relates to our relationship with God, change the way we think and allow the transformation of God's word to transform or renew our minds so that now we're seeing our spouse from God's point of view. Now we're thinking towards our spouse with the kinds of thoughts that God thinks towards them, even though we're not perfect. You see, the false beliefs that our world has promoted or the expectations that our culture has identified, listen, is, 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 is not realistic. But yet so many couples are looking for security in all the wrong places. Their security can only be found in a secure relationship with Jesus Christ. Number two is this. So not only is the foundation of security built on the right beliefs, the pillar of beliefs is also built on the pillar of honor. You say, what in the world does honor have to do with emotional security? It has everything to do with it. Without honor, you're a goner. I mean, it's true. We're to honor one another. The Bible says it this way in Romans 12.10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in what? Say it out loud. In honor, in honor. How do you give devotion and preference to your spouse? Here's how you do it. By attaching high value to who they are, even though they're imperfect. But you place value on who they are. When you look at your spouse, you see them the way God sees them. You think thoughts about them the way God thinks about them. You are esteeming them. You're putting them in high honor, you say, well, what if they don't deserve to be honored? Listen, you don't earn honor, you give honor, whether they earn it or not. As a matter of fact, it's been said that the level of honor you receive is determined by, uh, determined by the amount of honor that you give. Listen, you start honoring your spouse and watch what happens over time in your relationship. It changes the atmosphere of your home. Changes the atmosphere of your relationship. When you start honoring one another, when you place high value on them. You know what the greatest enemy is to honor? It's familiarity. To dishonor simply means to treat as ordinary or as common. I have a baseball at home that was given, given to me when I was eight years of age by a um, Hall of Famer, a legendary baseball player from back in the day. Um, he played for the Boston Red Sox, two times uh, American League batting champion. His name is Pete Runnels, and um, his family was very close friends with my mom and dad. And, and uh, I'll never forget, at eight years of age, he gave me a baseball when he played in one of the American League All-Star games, and he had it signed with some of the greatest legendary Hall of Famer baseball players of all time, people like Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle. I have probably about a dozen, I mean, like Hall of Fame, authentic, original um, autographs on this baseball from the actual unique American League baseball that they played with in that game. It's priceless. I don't even know what it's worth. But I can tell you this. I don't go out and play pitch with my son Luke with that ball. I don't throw him grounders on the asphalt with that baseball. No. I don't treat it like a normal baseball. I don't treat it as common or ordinary. That Baseball has tremendous value and worth in my eyes really because of who gave it to me and what that baseball represents. 
I'm here to tell you, when we treat our spouse as someone who is of a person of great honor and, and worth and value, it changes everything. And so here's what I encourage you to do. You say, how do you do that? I would encourage you to first and foremost, just sit down, spend some time, and start writing out the positive qualities about your spouse. Think about the things that you appreciate about them. Think about the things that you're attracted to about them. Think about those things, those characteristics or qualities that, that initially attracted you to them. Make a list of those things. And when you make a list of those characteristics and qualities, what you're doing is you are identifying the things that you admire, that you appreciate, that you honor about that person. And then give them what is referred to as the gift of praise. Why? Because our tongues have the power of life or death. The Bible says it this way in Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any, let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And the message, I love how it phrases it. It says, each word is a gift. So each word that comes out of our mouth should be and can be a gift that builds up rather than tears down. A gift that affirms rather than criticizes. Why is this so important? Because when we have a relationship that is built on the pillar of the right beliefs and a relationship that's built on the pillar of honor, you know what that does? It removes those stress cracks and all it does is it strengthens the foundation to support our relationship, our marriage. In other words, it's realistic and possible to have an atmosphere in a relationship where you feel safe and secure because you have the right thoughts. You realize that God is the source of my needs, not my spouse. I am responsible for my own spirit. Happiness is a choice, regardless of whether people do or don't do. My trust is in someone else. My dependency is in someone else, not them. But because I've chosen to honor them, I'm going to sow into that person's life in a way that truly honors God and honors the other person. Which leads me to the third pillar, and it's the pillar of commitment. In Matthew 19, verses 4 through 6, Jesus said it this way. He said, haven't you read the scriptures about creation? Jesus said, the creator made us male and female from the very beginning, and for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and live with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. From then on, they are no longer two but united as one. Not just one physically, one spiritually, emotionally. In every aspect, they are together. They are one. So what God unites, let no one divide. What a powerful scripture. What does the enemy come to do? The enemies come to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10, 10. What did the enemy come to do? He came to steal. He wants to rob you of everything that Christ came to give you. He wants to rob you. He wants to take away your joy. He wants to take away your happiness. He's come to steal what your heart's desire is for your marriage. He's come to steal, kill. What does that mean? He's come to kill the potential 
that's inside of you. He's come to kill the potential for your marriage of what could be and should be. He's there to steal and to kill, but his ultimate aim is to destroy. Because he knows if he can destroy a marriage, he can destroy a nation. He can ultimately destroy the world. That's why Jesus said, but I have come that you may have life and experience it to the full. So God's desire is that you experience fullness, security, safety in your home and in your marriage, in your life. That's his heart. That's his desire. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life in all of its fullness. Yesterday and Friday night, my wife Michelle and I had the honor and privilege of standing with and supporting a man that is loved by many in our city. But for me on a personal level, he's someone that I greatly admire. But he said his final farewells to his spouse, Dr. Jim Henry, he was the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Orlando. He is single-handedly the reason why this church exists. This church would not exist if it were not for that man. I've always loved him, admired him, honored him, and he's served as a tremendous mentor in my life. And yesterday he preached his wife's funeral. I don't know how he did it. It was unbelievable. And he shared the story about how they first met and when they were married. And they were married for 60 years. They were in ministry together for 59 years. Incredible story, incredible testimony. But he told the story about how when they got married and they exchanged their vows, his wife, Jeanette, read a passage out of the book of Ruth. And I want to read it to you. And here's what she said. This was her commitment to him over 60 years ago. It's what Ruth said to Naomi, where she said, where you go, I go. Where you live, I'll live. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Where you die, I'll die. And that's where I will be buried. So help me God, even, not even death itself is going to come between us us. I was just amazed at the legacy and the faithfulness, the testimony of a life well lived, but a rock solid commitment. Two imperfect people, because he made fun of all of the imperfections along the way, but what allowed them to endure and to overcome and to go the distance was an unwavering commitment. But it was a life built of honor. It was a life built on the right beliefs and an unwavering commitment to God and to one another. And I thought to myself, man, that's what I long for. That's what I want. You know, Michelle and I, as I stated earlier, we've been married for over 27 years. And my mom and my dad, they were married for over 64 years. Michelle's mom and dad just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. And I told Michelle, I said, man, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> I shouldn't say this, but I said it to her. I said, I hope you go first. <laughs> I said, it's, 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 it's just, you know, 
I can't even imagine what it would be like standing over the casket of someone that you have devoted your entire life to. And you know, when you think about it, that's the kind of faithfulness and legacy and testimony that God wants for each of us. And I just want to say this in conclusion before we pray. There are some of you here today, you know what, you're thinking to yourself, well, Rodney, things didn't work out like I'd hoped. Maybe the first go around, maybe you're here today, and you know what, you're in a second marriage. You may even be in a third marriage. There may be some of you here today, you're still single, maybe you're single again. Can I just say this? You serve a God who's the God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. You know why? Because he's a faithful God. He's a loving God. He's a merciful God. His mercies are fresh each and every day because of the cross. Listen, there is tremendous forgiveness at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? We're going to fall short. We're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. But let's fall forward and learn and grow from the past so that in our current situation or in our future situation, we can learn and say, you know what? Moving forward, I'm going to make a commitment to having the right beliefs. I'm going to make a commitment to honoring this person that has tremendous worth and weight and value to my life. And I'm going to make a commitment with God's help that we're going to be faithful And we're going to honor God so we can be a beautiful, radiant, glowing bride. The bride of Christ that shines to a world that's living in darkness. And God can use my mistakes. And guess what? God can use my pain to even be a platform to share the hope that God can change and transform and renew and give life to people who need desperate change in their lives. Amen? So let's continue to allow God to do the makeover that he needs to do, starting on the inside. And as he transforms us from the inside, I promise you, we'll see change on the outside that we long to see. Let's bow our heads together in prayer.